Happy Tuesday. Today, we are gonna be talking about golf participation, all the information that came out in the NGF's 2018 Golf Industry Report, and all the opportunity that is actually out there for us. All of this after the intro. Here we go. This is the Find the Green podcast with your host, PGA Master Professional, Jason Rockhold. Hello and welcome. We are here. This is our 25th episode. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to talk a little bit about the NGF's industry report but the biggest thing that we're going to talk about is how it is now up to us the ball is in our court we've got a lot of great things that are happening and it's completely up to what we do to get those people interested and get them to come out to the golf course so i'm going to dive into some numbers and one of the first numbers that we want to talk about is the overall participation total golf participation which includes on course and off course is growing. It has gone since 2014 from 30 million point one to 32 million point one in that three year time span. So we've got a growing industry of golf or the interest in golf. Now, the things that we are seeing that could be seen as negative to a lot of people is that the amount of golfers, golf course golfers that we have has dropped from 24.7 million golfers to 23.8 million golfers, which actually dropped to that number last year. And now it's basically bottomed out there and we're starting to see growth. So where's the growth coming from? All off course facilities. And you know, as well as I do, one of the biggest draws has been Top Golf bringing a lot of golfers out to the golf course, introducing them to the game by giving them a nightclub atmosphere with the fun and excitement of playing a video game and being able to swing a golf club all in one experience. In addition, driving ranges and other indoor simulators have shown the biggest amount of growth. We've gone from 5.4 million in 2014 to 8.3 million. And that's a growth of 2.9 million golfers in the off course only facilities. So huge growth there. And what we need to do, and this is why it's called It's Up to Us, it is up to us to convert these off course golfers to on course golfers by building a bridge and trying to introduce them to the game on the course and try to make it as fun as it is in that nightclub fun scenario that they have. I wanna throw out a couple more numbers. Record high newcomers of 2.6 million that have tried golf for the first time this year. 35% of those golfers are women. 26% non-Caucasian. So the growth in these areas offer some really great opportunities to expand the game and be able to offer new merchandise opportunities, offer new lesson opportunities, and just get the game out there to a broader market because it's an amazing game and it appeals to everybody. And it can because the underlying joy of the game is being able to have 
that four to five hours of time with a group of people that you enjoy being with. That's what the foundation of golf is from a social perspective. Now we can look at it from the game itself and trying to get better with our golf swing and do all that stuff. But the main factor for most golfers that go out there are trying to just have fun with their friends, get away from the world for a little bit and enjoy the outdoors. We've got some other great stats and I'm going to talk a little bit about latent demand and what that means. It just means people that are, that say that they're interested in golf, but just haven't really had an opportunity or don't really know how to get to the golf course or don't really know the steps of how to play. So this latent demand that we have is up to 14.9 million people from 12.8 million in 2016. So we've got a huge jump of 2.1 million people that are actually saying, yeah, I have some interest in golf and might be interested in learning how to play golf or going out and playing golf. I just really don't know how to or really haven't had an opportunity to. How do we overcome those hurdles? And, you know, there are a couple major hurdles. It's just getting people interested to come out and try the game game. We have 14.9 million people that say they are interested in golf. So that's pretty great. Or we can get some beginners that are playing on off course facilities and get them to commit to coming to the golf course and trying to play. Now, overall, the rounds at all the golf courses out there is down about 2.7%, but year to year, there's usually a 2 to 3% variance based on weather and stuff like that. So coming off two straight years of positive increases in play to see a 2.7% drop in rounds is pretty normal. I know in our area, we've had an excessive amount of rain and I know that number made a lot of sense, but another thing which seems to be consistent, uh, we have a course closing rate of one course closing every two days, but there's still 14,800 courses in the United States that are available for golfers to play. So there are a lot of places still out there and we had a lot of overbuilding back in the early 2000s. So this downward trend of golf courses closing is just normalizing where demand should be for golf. So it's not really a bad thing. It sucks for those golf courses that are closing, but some of those golf courses that are closing are actually reopening and getting rebuilt or redesigned to make that facility a lot more accessible to the population that plays there. So it's not always a bad thing to have a golf course closed because it gives that facility the ability to reshape its offering to its clientele, which a lot of facilities out there should be doing that. I know some really great golf courses that are shutting down for six to eight months so that they can build a new clubhouse or regrass the greens or come up with a new way to be able to offer more services at their driving ranges. It's just trying to reshape their offering to what that population demands. It's not always a bad thing to have that golf course shut down. 
Okay, so we've got the numbers out of the way and we're starting to see a few trends. We have a lot of off-course participation. Top Golf is bringing people to the golf course. They're building that bridge between nighttime recreation and golf. It's something that nobody else has really done successfully because Top Golf has really exploded. It's a great experience. If you've never done it, it's a great thing to go out and try. This is not sponsored by Top Golf or anything like that. But it is an amazing experience to go out and try a couple times. I know every person that I've talked to has walked away from that experience saying they had a great time. And most of them have spent almost $100 a piece for the time. So it's a huge money maker for Top Golf, but it also provides enough entertainment that somebody is going to feel comfortable dropping $100 to go and play. Now, what bridges do we need to, as golf facilities, build in order to get people to come to our facility? Now, it depends on the facility that you have. If you have an 18-hole facility that has a restaurant and a lot of seating in that restaurant, you may want to try to build some sort of top golf scenario put some lights up on the driving range and have somebody come down and be their bartender or server and literally serve them down on the range have some comfortable chairs out on the driving range you may find out that just that small move can get some people to come out and try out your facility as opposed to going to the Top Golf facility. As for the newcomers that are coming to the game, 35% of the new golfers are women. That is such a larger number than it has been in the past, and I'm very blessed that my wife is a former Division I golfer. We go and travel and play different golf courses and enjoy that, but there are a lot of people that are trying to get into the game and they're scared to go to the golf course. I've talked to so many people that are interested in playing golf, but they're scared to call the golf course because they don't know what to say. Number two, they don't know what to do when they go out there. And number three, they don't know what kind of commitment they have to do in buying golf clubs or what are lessons. They, they didn't know what lessons were. There's just a big gap of information that goes between somebody that says, oh, that golf looks fun that I just saw on television. That'd be interesting to try. And the hurdle of actually getting to the golf course. I'm gonna be doing some YouTube videos over the next couple months that are gonna be appealing to this exact thing. It's Golf 101, the very first level of golf and this it should almost be golf 001 because i know there's a lot of golf 101s out there that talk about going to the driving range and hitting balls and all that stuff which from a golf swing perspective that's absolutely right but for people that have zero knowledge of the game except for what they saw on tv to get them to not only make a phone call to the golf course to get them to drive to the golf course, know where to walk into, what a golf shop is, how to talk to a golf pro that's behind the counter, to understand what their expectations are as a golfer going to the golf course, what kind of attire they need to wear, what they can do for free to learn how to play the game, what they can do for minimal cost to learn how to play the game. All of these things are things that'll be covered in these videos just because I want to do my part to help some of these people get to the golf course and try it out. If 
for example, if I were to try to go and do something that I've never done before, and I thought, wow, that'd be really cool to do that, but I have no idea what questions to ask when I call up. Do I just show up? Do I walk in? If I'm wearing a tank top, is that cool? There's so many different questions that come up that most people don't really realize until they talk to that extreme beginner. And here's a great example. So from 2012 to 2015, I ran something that I called the Mecklenburg Athletic Club. It was a adult sports group that we played everything from softball, kickball, volleyball, and myself and a good friend of mine, James Unger, started this out as just a way to get adults to come out and play flag football, kickball, volleyball, softball, and all of these different things that you do when you're trying to put together some rec leagues. So we ended up starting with just the two of us. In two years time, we had over 2,000 people that had signed up. It was such a small niche of people that really enjoyed doing all these different sports and being a part of that group. Now, with that backstory, we actually had a soft Softball practice. And so myself and James ran the softball practice and we had all these people. We asked beginners to come out and try out softball. We would help them, teach them and get them going so that they could feel comfortable when they played the game. That being said, we had some people that came out and one of the guys that came out and played, he stood up to bat and he had played cricket back in India where he was from, really good at it and got up there and he hit the ball and just drilled it, hit it deep into the outfield and then came running right at me as the pitcher and was running to second base straight away. Now, we would have thought that seeing that the diamond there, your first instinct after watching a little bit, you may have ran to first base because it's just second nature for those of us that have been doing it. But he didn't understand that it was to first base. In cricket, you run back and forth. So it was very normal for him to run at me as the pitcher. I thought he was charging the pitcher, even though he hit a great one. But he ended up running at me. And then we talked to him and said, okay, hey, you know, when you do this, you want to run there. And from that point forward, he never had a problem. Same thing can happen with golf. With all the different hurdles that come up, there might be one thing that they just don't know and don't feel comfortable that could turn them away from playing ever again. If he wouldn't know that, if that softball player didn't know that it's smart to run to first base instead of trying to go directly to second, if he wouldn't have learned that in that practice, then he would not only have gotten thrown out, but he may have actually never played softball again. And for the duration that we ran that athletic club, he played in almost every softball game from that point forward. He got better and better and enjoyed it so much. And it just goes to show that by getting people on the right path, it will help them continue to walk down that path. If that path is really jagged and all over the place and they don't know what's going on and they're kind of scared and timid, then they're probably not going to take that walk. So by clearing the path out, by helping people find that pathway from couch to course, that's one of my most famous things to say is from couch to course, we want to get as many people off the couch to the golf course. And if we can do that through my podcast, through YouTube, videos, 
videos, books, anything that we can do to get them off the couch and to the golf course, it will absolutely help that number grow. I'd love to see latent demand start to fall and actual participation start to grow because all that does is raise the water line, which is my philosophy all the way around, raise that industry water line so that all of us can start to see positive momentum in our businesses. So that's where I'm going to end it today. Have a great week. And like I've always said, feel free to reach out. All the information is in the outro and I will talk to you next Tuesday. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's Find the Green podcast with PGA Master Professional Jason Rockhold. Hit subscribe now to get the latest Find the Green podcast with new episodes uploaded every week. Email your questions and comments to jrockhold at pga.com or reach out on your favorite social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Find the Green. 